Welcome back to All Things Twin Flames. I'm excited to deliver the very first installment of a series that I've decided kind of out of the blue to start. The series is called Storytime and I've asked myself, how can I make All Things Twin Flames simple? How can I make it fun? How can I feel connected to it? Because when it's so business oriented, a lot of times you get tired of making content. So not only to relive my passion, but also to tell my story. That way you can connect with me deeper as a podcaster. But also the more I tell my private truth, the more universal it is. They say the more personal something is, the more universal it is. So my hopes in being very personal with you is that I can reach you on a deeper, more wide level. Also, in telling the details of this story, which is going to be quite crass, I'll give you a heads up now. Some parts are X-rated. The hope is to hash out the details so you can look back in your own life and say, hey, this sounds familiar. And so in me explaining in painstaking detail everything about my false twin flame connection, my hope is to bring and shed light onto your own maybe false twin flame connection, maybe you've met one, maybe you've encountered one, so that you can feel what I feel, or you can identify some thoughts and nuances and insights that you've had as well. So if you enjoyed this uh, podcast, um, speaking future tense, I guess, my future self is saying you will enjoy this. <laughs> but if you want to support this podcast, join us on Patreon. There's different tiers. Um, the $15 tier is the daily tarot. So we do daily tarot reads there if you want energetic updates on your connection, as well as access to our meditation library. If you want to work with Diana and I, though, personally, the best way to do that is by joining our Facebook group. Our Facebook group is the best way to plug in and get started on your journey. Everyone is breaking contact or no silence. Rather, people are getting unblocked. It's just a beautiful, encouraging community uh, to share your story and be enlightened with other light twin souls. So without further ado, here is the first installment, the very first episode of Storytime. All things false twin flames. <sighs> so it starts off in college. I am a junior in college. I am a second year transfer student and I'm an oddity there. Everyone is white or they're just uh, what we call a fob, fresh off the boat Asian. And so I'm kind of just trying to find my place still. And so like any college student who doesn't find their place there, I get on Tinder. I start scrolling. I start swiping. And I come across my false twin flame. And uh, I actually read her bio. <laughs> and I am pretty intrigued. I see someone who's passionate. I see someone who's artistic, hippie-ish, value-driven, someone who thinks about the environment. I'm like, yo, this person seems cool. And in her bio, it says that she's president of some human rights activist club. And I'm, I was the president of Amnesty International at that time. So yeah, I swiped right. And then a couple of moments later, we matched. And it's funny because I never reached out to her. And I think every guy goes through this experience or they're looking at their phone. They see a list of matches, but they don't want to say anything. 
right? It's always for two reasons. One, they're shy and they don't know what to say. And two, they simply just wanted the validation of feeling like someone would like them. But actually going the distance and maintaining and initiating contact is out of the picture because you already got what you wanted through that validation. Um, but life would have it that we would meet. And so four months later, my one of my best friends, his roommates go out of town for the night. And so he hits me up. He was like, yo, I'm, I'm throwing like this little kickback. It's not going to be a lot of people, but I'm going to invite girls. going to have some drinks. Um, obviously, weed's going to be there. I was a heavy pot smoker at the time. And so I was like, oh, I don't know if I should go. No, I'm definitely going. <laughs> the, the little voice in my head that said no is very faint and very bent on going. And I'm going to explore why I'm saying that now uh, later on. Okay. My hesitation to going was two things. One, I had to finish a cover letter for an internship I was applying to. And number two, I was an RA and I was on duty that night. And so being on duty means that I was supposed to scour and walk around campus and be a little patrol and just give an update to the director of anything that was happening. You know, make sure, making sure no one's passed out in the bathroom or something like that, right? So I go to the party anyway, and I skip my duty. And um, I work on my cover letter. And then as I'm working, um, the doorbell rings and two girls come in. And so my friend lets him in into where we were chilling in the bedroom. I'm still working on my paper. I don't really interact. I'm really focused on getting this internship. Uh, they pass around the bong. They're, they're sitting, talking. Eventually, after finishing up a paragraph, I look over. I see the person who I matched with on Tinder four months ago. And obviously during that time, I matched with probably a couple other people, right? Four months is a pretty long time. Anything can happen then. But I still remembered her. Still remembered her face. And what's interesting is in that time, that four-month period, her name would pop up in conversation. Like, oh, yeah, that, that, have you met that new transfer person? Like, no. But in my head, I'm like, I think I matched with her on Tinder. Right? And so here's the thing with, like, soul-based connections. Even before meeting, even before contact, there's little hints that, hey, this person's going to come into your life. Right. And so you probably even sense that with your own twin flame where their name would pop up. Right. Or some attributes about them would appear to you. And so we finally meet. I look over to my right. We're all smoking. My friend has a three to four foot bong. It's huge. And She's having the time of her life, I think, and I'm enjoying the vibes. And I look there, I'm like, holy crap, I match with you on Tinder. And I I say to her, like, hey, you're so-and-so, right? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> like, we matched on Tinder, and we gave each other a high five. And it's funny, because in that moment, I knew there was something, even though I didn't know. And she knew something that she didn't even know. And people have this moment with the twin flame. With the twin flame, it's a bit more conscious, though, where you meet them and you're just like, I've shared a past life with this someone. Oh, shit. Right? We call it the oh, shit moment. With a false twin flame, it's so subtle. It's like, there might be something here, but I'm unsure. And throughout the night, we kept chilling, smoking, talking. And I'm trying to figure out who she is. 
You know, there's a part of the false twin flame that seems so mysterious and seems so elusive. Like you can't fully grasp who they are. It's like, you know who they are on an egotistical level, on a, uh, on a like very surface level. But when it cuts down to their personal life, it seems like there's a front there and you can't break that front. Anyway, we're, we're hanging out and I'm really just amazed at our similarities. And she's talking about her passion for human rights. And I'm president of Amnesty International. She's talking about running, how she used to play basketball. And obviously I'm a basketball player. And that's going to come up later on in our story. And then she says something in Spanish to someone. I'm like, what? She speaks Spanish? She's bilingual? What the fuck? And she does a magic trick out of nowhere. I'm like, this girl is fucking awesome. Freaking awesome. Like, this girl is next level. And so they had to leave. Um, I, I don't know if they had to leave or if my director called me to check in to make sure everything was okay. But everything was okay. Um, when I talked to my director, I was like, yeah. You know, I scoured the campus. Meanwhile, I was getting high with a false twin flame but that's the thing about the false twin flame it's so enjoyable it's so fun you're so in the moment that you will escape and you will forego all your responsibilities to be in that situation or to explore that connection and that's where it gets toxic because i would give up an arm and a leg when i was a college student i would give up my class time i would give up my resources I'll give up my GPA to just be with that person, right? There was no sense of boundaries. There was no sense of, okay, what is best for me, right? And so where the twin flame feels like if I choose me, I choose them as well. With a false twin flame, it's like if I choose me, I can't choose you. And if I do choose you, I'm going to choose you so much that I neglect me. <laughs> so anyway, I drive her to her house or to her dorm, right? With her friend, just joking off with her friend. And by this time, I've learned some pretty good skills at what we call pickup artistry, right? The game. I'm pretty good at the game. And so you meet the false twin flame after you've leveled up in some way. Okay, you don't just meet a soul connection by just staying inside and not improving yourself in any way, right? So the friend says she's an anthropology major. I'm like, anthropology? That's interesting. I hate anthropology. And so she laughs at it. And we start to realize like our inside joke style and our humor is both very crass and very coarse, right? And so I drop her off and she's like, hey, if you ever want to smoke more, just hit me up. Again, notice with the false twin flame, the connection is more about escaping rather than being together, right? But I mean, we was a good gateway for us to just break the ice. So I'm like, yeah, for sure. And so I gave her my number and then we part ways. And every night after that, right, I, we would hang out and we would smoke and we would hotbox my car. It's funny because when I followed her on Instagram, the moment I followed her, she put up a picture of her in a dress. And I'm like, she wanted me to see this. This chick likes me. 
And so this was the first moment where my intuition started to pick up. When I started to feel into, okay, this person feels something towards me, right? And there was some tele, uh, tele, how the fuck do you say that word? Telepathy. There you go. There's some telepathy happening, right? Where I was thinking like, should I hang out with her tonight? And then I get a text from her. But the tel the telepathy, I'm just not going to say that word tonight, <laughs> where the connection is so strong, where, or the psychic communication is so strong that you want to research it, right? With the twin flame, the dreams are so vivid. The signs you see are so vivid that, that you research it. With the false twin flame, it's not strong enough for, for you to research things, for you to have this massive spiritual awakening, right? I was still very much in my pain body okay i wasn't in, in my authentic truth so whenever i would think like damn i want to hang out with this person we would because she would text me right the moment i would think that there was this one night in particular i found i thought was really interesting where <clears throat> um i was grocery shopping with my friend the same friend who invited her to that party where we first met and i was we were looking for avocados and so I picked up an avocado and I was going to send her a Snapchat. I took a picture on Snap and I wrote, I get it, you're vegan. And I had no idea she was vegan. And I didn't send it because I didn't know it, even though I knew. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I thought it. I don't know why. I didn't send it. That's why, because she she never told me that. That night, after eating whatever we cooked, um... She gets in my car, we hotbox, and I picked up some coconut water from 7-Eleven. And she tells me, like, hey, this is my favorite. Like, I prefer this over regular water. I'm like, same. And we get to talking about, like, health, and she opens up, and she's like, yeah, I'm vegan also. I was like, what? How did I know that? Right? So we finish up the blunt. I'm high as hell. She gets out the car. I'm driving back to my dorm, I'm screaming. I'm livid. Because I was just like, God, what the fuck is wrong with this person? I remember banging my steering wheel and saying, what is wrong with her? Because I've never met anyone that aligned with me so perfectly. I never met anyone who it made so much sense to just connect with. But what's so strange about the false twin flame is no matter what, You don't see them in your future. You don't see them long term. And no one does. Everyone around you isn't commending it. (laughs) My my friend who uh, hosted that party, he always busted my balls. He's like, oh, are you going to see your soulmate tonight? But he wouldn't say it like in a good way because she didn't have the best reputation. Um, And... It was just clear, like we were just such an odd looking pair, you know, with the twin flame when you're hanging out. It's very obvious that you two look good together, even physically, right? Twin flames look good together. With a false twin flame, it's just like, <laughs> you know, you're kind of scratching your head, like, what? What happened with these two? <laughs> Must have been drunk. <laughs> no. But um, so we meet up a couple more nights and I take forever to initiate contact. 
I don't know if this is a false twin flame sign or if it's just me that's scared to make the first move sometimes when I really like someone, but it took me forever, right? And then one night she invites me to chill at her place. She was like, hey, instead of hotboxing, let's let's just smoke in my dorm. It's not a problem. I'm like, okay. So I go there and that's a, <laughs> that's a whole story in itself, okay? Um, but I do want to say if you smoke weed, before intimacy, do not smoke a gravity bong. That is a bad freaking idea, okay? That's a bad idea. Please don't do it. Don't do it. But that night, after greening out, um, I finally made a move, and then one thing led to the next, and we finally broke that barrier, and we were finally intimate together. And what proceeded after that was the most passionate and wild romance I've ever experienced in my life. And I don't think you understand what I mean unless you've met a false twin flame. Because the feeling that you have when you're that intimate with someone, but the vibration that you're resonating on is so low, the sex feels like fucking two animals going at each other. It feels like aggressive. It feels raw. And it's it's almost addicting, right? It's so stuck in the first chakra and the, se- and, and, and the second chakra, right? There's no heart level connection. There's no mind involved. There's no third eye opening. There's no crown chakra activation. It's not tantra. It's not pure like a divine partner or pure like a, like, like a twin flame connection. This is straight up raw passion. And you cannot forget it. It's so lustful. It's literally sinful. It feels sinful. Like it feels so devilish. I can't explain it properly. And you kind of just have to feel it and to be in it to really understand what it is. But it's so bad. It's so good. It's so addicting. And so after that night of finally breaking that threshold, we would just compromise our schedules. We would just stay over. We would we would fail papers. We would fail exams. I failed like so many exams because of this connection. I skipped so many classes because of this. And we would do stuff like, oh, yeah, it's uh, 8 a.m. We both just woke up. Why not just take some tequila shots? <laughs> and so with the false twin flame, you think it's amazing and it is. But the reason it is is because they're marrying back onto you your misery. And so you just feel like you have this container where you can be miserable with someone else. And you think it's love, but really it's just you feeling comfortable with being toxic. And I want you to listen to that again. Sometimes what we deem love is just us being comfortable in a space where we can finally be toxic. And you know what? I needed to go through that. Because what came out of me were childhood wounds that needed to come out. And not even childhood wounds in the sense of trauma, but in the sense of suppression. Me being said, being told that I couldn't drink. Me being told that sex is bad. Me being told that smoking is bad for my health. There are parts of me that just wanted to rebel. And all those suppressed parts came out. And they were mirrored back onto my person. My person is a very... My twin flame is a very clear mirror 
for all the parts of me that I've repressed. After seeing each other for quite a bit, um, we enter spring break. And spring break is when I hit a dark night of soul almost. We're apart from each other for a week and I can't, I can't focus. All I can think about is her. And I'm not kidding. Like I literally, I don't open up to my family members a lot about what happens in my life, but I remember just talking to my sister in the kitchen and being like, yo, I met someone and I can't get her off my mind. Should I text her? And she's like, yeah, what's wrong with texting her? I'm like, I just feel so needy. Like I'm writing about her every night. And this, that's, that's the cool thing about this connection. It really brought me because the passion was so strong. It led me naturally into writing. And your toxic, I said toxic, your karmic, no, I said karmic, my goodness, your, your false twin flame leads you to your passion because the connection is so strong. You don't, you don't have any words for it. So you just want to create it. You just want to express it. Some part of you just needs to express it. And I needed to express it. I didn't know what to do with all that emotion, right? So I would write it every night. And I was like, I don't know if me reaching out would be a good idea. She's out. I saw on Instagram. She was going to college parties. And I'm just a drunk, lonely poet sending her love poems. Like, this seems ridiculous. I did text her. And she's like, aw. I think about you too. And I want you to know that if you're in separation from a person and you're really thinking about them and you think that they're thinking about you too, the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. When we came back into uh, on campus, the first thing we both did was meet up again, of course. And we picked up where we left off. And when you are seeing someone and it's that passionate and it's that fun and it's that wild and addicting, I mean, you can only hook up with someone so many times without asking the question we all avoid or all guys avoid, the forbidding question, the three-word question that is every guy's kryptonite. What are we? (laughs) So we finally had that conversation. And she just asked me, she was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, are are we going to do this officially? And as much as this connection made sense, as much as I liked her, I could not see her in my life. I don't know why. I could not see her in my life. And like I said, no one could, but I, I, it just didn't seem right. So I said no. And I knew saying no would hurt, but I knew that was in alignment with my truth. So I said no, and I walked away. And I thought about her still, and I wrote more. I got really passionate about writing with that because of her. And that's the thing, like I said, your false twin flame leads you to your passion but your real twin flame leads you to your purpose. Because of my false twin flame, I got introduced to writing. 
writing about my relationships, writing about love, writing about lessons that I've learned, writing about sex, writing about my personal struggles with self-love, right? But that's your lower will. That's just what gets your foot in the door of thinking of creativity, right? But your twin flame, as you go through an awakening, a spiritual awakening, they bring you from your lower will to the higher will where you now think about helping others and inspiring others. And the reason I said no is there's something about a false twin flame that doesn't encourage or give space for growth. She would read my writings, but she would never encourage it. She liked it, right? But any time I feel like I could or would make space for myself, she became very insecure. It's like we had to choose each other at the expense of ourselves every single time. And that's why I had to walk away. But it's funny because when I walked away and I knew I would be in pain, I knew we would meet again. And we did. And a lot of twin flames need to hear this. You have this feeling of you need to meet again or you will meet again. That feeling is not a lie, right? In The Alchemist, it's said that if it happens twice, it's going to happen a third time. Right, so I I knew we would meet. I didn't know how. I mean, it's a small college campus. Maybe we would run into each other. I didn't know if we could possibly connect on a deep level again and start hooking up again, but I knew we would meet. So next year, the next year, it's springtime, right? Um, intramural basketball kicks up. And I'm friends like really good friends with everyone in the college who plays basketball but isn't on the team like the college team and so my friend group we've won the championship for the past two years and instead of being part of the championship team with 10 players on it and getting like I don't know like 15-20 minutes a game I want to play an entire game on a less lesser good team right on a worse team just so I can have more minutes so I signed myself up as a free agent instead of joining this freaking all-star squad. And <laughs> when I joined a team, because I'm randomly assigned a team, I'm a free agent, I checked the roster, and of course her name is there. I'm like, damn, life would have it that we would cross paths again, huh? And so we meet our first game. And when... <laughs> You need to know this, doing your passion, right? For me, it's basketball or writing or podcasting, doing your passion with someone you have a soul connection with, right? It's like when I do a coaching call with Diana, better than sex, playing basketball with my false twin flame. Oh my goodness. Like peak moment happiness. Like there's very few things and times in my life where I could look back and say, I was a very present I was very grateful to be alive. I was very in the zone. Right? That was one moment. We just knew where each other, I just knew where to find her on the court. 
and she knew when to look back and toss it back to me. You know, I, I knew when to kick it out to her for a three-pointer. It was, it's like I could identify her and locate her on the court, and I would dish it out to her. She would chuck up a three and miss, and she would chuck up another three and miss and do it 10 times, and maybe she would make one. But that's not the point. The point is we had so much fun. And then since obviously we're on the same team, we ended up talking. And so at first it was like flirtatious, like trying to beat around the bush, like, hey, let's, uh, you know, get some practice time in. And then finally she caved or one of us caved and was like, hey, you want to come over and watch a movie? And then boom. So if you know you're going to come in co- into contact with your twin, it's going to happen. Okay. You don't know how. I didn't know how. I didn't know it was through basketball. But it's going to happen. Okay, so one year passed after, you know, I said no to her. And we're still reliving that same passion. That energy has never died. It's so consuming. It's so addicting still. Like when we finally, just finally, finally took our clothes off. Like, again, one of those peak happiness moments. Like that feeling of relief, like finally I'm with you right but it's so short-lived because at the end of the day the soul doesn't want comfort the soul doesn't want lust the soul wants growth and again we would be with each other and she would miss class and i'd start missing class again i wrote a book with about her during my separation I started writing it after spring break or during spring break rather and I showed it to her one night and she took a step back and she was you know I I looked in her eyes I could see her mind tumble like it was like you know when you watch clothes tumble in a, a washing machine like I could see her mind do that her mind was spinning so fast I was she was she was saying to me she was like you wrote this about me I'm like yeah she's like you really felt this way I'm like yeah and she's like I, I can't believe it she's like I, I need a moment she was almost tearing up and she's like what and then she started crying I was like I really did she's like I why do you tell me I'm like, I don't know See, the funny thing about a false twin flame is you like them so much and you kind of have an inkling that they like you, but the level of attraction and the level of, like like I said, attraction that they have towards you, you can't believe it. Like, I could never believe that my person really liked me. I could never believe that my false twin flame was really invested in me. I could never really believe her when she said during spring break, like, oh yeah, I'm not sleeping with anyone else, right? Like, you can't really believe it for some reason. Like, you never feel like they're fully yours. Whereas with the twin flame, they almost, you know they love you so much and almost to a fault, right? But she reads it and, yeah, she's really taken back by it. And it's called Liquor, Lust, and Lies. And I want to read you the very first paragraph of what this little chat book is, this poetry chat book. It goes, welcome to the soundtrack of my life. 
You're about to read, feel, and hear the words of a love of a love life so dramatic, yet so common. In writing this book, I held nothing back. I curse occasionally and allude to sex frequently. Why? Because this is for you as much as much as it's for me. I remove the filter so you can reimagine and relive some of your own treasured dirty secrets. Like your favorite music album, this chapbook will connect you with the invisible feelings of love and loss. Of of love and loss you long to Oh zoomed out. Of love and loss you long to put into words. Should I tell her I like her? Should I tell her I like her? Still. So it goes on. And yeah, like I said, she's really taken back by it. And I ended up sharing this chat book with other people. And she got mad at me for doing it and for making my story public about her. Um, I don't say her name, but apparently it's obvious. And yeah, it is pretty obvious who it is. So that's why we stopped talking for good. And when we stop talking, when you and a false twin flame stop talking, you know it's done. Like when you know you're going to meet again, you're going to meet again. But when you know it's over, it's over. And here's the reason. False twin flames, the connection ends with karma. It ends with a lesson, right? And so my lesson as a creative is I can't just tell people someone else's story and make their story public without their permission, right? Especially since I was getting deep into poetry. Like right now, I can't say this and give her name and give her information. I can't. And what you don't know is this is my second recording. Because in the first recording, I accidentally name dropped. And the flow was so good that I couldn't just edit it out. I just had to redo it. But with the Twin Flame, it doesn't end in karma. With the Twin Flame connection, a lot of times it just ends out of nowhere and you're just like what happened right you're scratching your head you have no idea what happened you just know that they're going to come back into your life soon if i were to meet my false twin flame right now we probably could not even look each other in the eye because i've healed i do not choose her because I've worked on myself, I do not choose to get high with someone like her. Because I've, like I said, explored who I am and, and, and elevated myself and ascended. I'm not coming from a place of pride. I'm just saying some people in your life, they either mirror your truth or they mirror your trauma. And the false twin flame is to show you your trauma. Show you all the ways that you want to escape life. It doesn't feel expansive. They're not here to expand you. More than anything, they're here to show you the ways that you play small. But in telling you my story about my false twin flame, I want to end on this note. That after I've healed, I have not really thought about her again. That connection, that pull, isn't there. It doesn't really last. And when you're with each other, you feel this dopamine high type rush. It's like taking a shot, right? You just feel 
really good, but it's almost too good to be true, and it's not on anything foundational. Whereas with the twin flame, that feeling is founded on presence. You don't need to be high for that. You're just in the company of each other, right? With this false twin flame, I feel like it's so toxic because you two are just wrapped up in getting messed up and escaping life that you forget to even get to know more about the person. And this relationship isn't based off of a friendship. It's not based off of wanting the other person to be better. It's not based off of even knowing who the person is and vibing with that information, who that person is. It's just simply based off of the fact that you two have the same wounds and you both like getting messed up and you both like escaping your problems. And that's why it ends, or mine ended, in karma. So if you enjoyed this story and you feel like you've learned something, or you feel like you've heard something that rang true for you and you saw it in your own false twin flame connection, feel free to reach out. I hope this helped you in some way. I wish you all the best and I'll see you on the next episode and installment of Storytime. Bye.